to the Brazilian Soccer Podcast, presented by Soccer Expeditions. I'm Lucas Navarro, and here's my co-host, Brandon Long. Hey, how you doing? Doing well, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, so there's not much going on this past couple of weeks, because there was a FIFA break. Yeah, international break was happening, which I feel like for a lot of us soccer fans, it's like, especially if you like European soccer, the season just starts, and then you have to go on this damn break. <laughs> yeah. It's it's nice to see the national teams playing, and you know it's getting it's getting to the point where the qualifiers are actually very exciting because some big teams or big countries might might not make it to the World Cup. But in our case, we're talking about Brazilian soccer, so <laughs> we don't have much to worry about since Brazil. No, they're going. <laughs> see, they're there. They've been there for for a couple of months now. <laughs> Okay, yeah, like uh, we, we mentioned, mentioned a little bit uh, in the, our last episode, that both of us have been traveling. Uh, I went right. to Brazil and you went to France. Yes. So in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about our ex experiences because I did go to a Corinthians game and Brandon went to a PSG game. Yeah. So stay tuned, stick around and we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. But first, remind everybody how our podcast is structured. Sure, let's run it down. So... You know, we set out with this podcast, we basically follow three young players that we think are going to be the next uh, superstars, if you will. And so we're going to talk about those players, see what they've been up to the last couple of weeks um, and go through that. Then we'll also touch on the Brazilian League, see what the standings are, how they've changed, if they've changed, good and the bad. We'll talk about some Brazilian players around the world that could include transfers or some different transfer, transfer drama, transfer drama, different <laughs> things like that. And then finally, we'll close it out with the national team and touch on, obviously, um, some different things that happened there, some of the games that happened. And we finally have some games to talk about because since, since we started the podcast, this is, this is the first time that the Brazilian national team actually did play. Right. All right. So let's begin. Let's start talking about our young players. Yep. Let's jump right in. Vinicius Jr. He leads the pack. Uh, he does. 18 years old. I know. And um, playing, which is I'm glad to see because if our fans will remember from the first few episodes, he was not playing every mm -hmm. game. And now he played. Um, so he just played 90 minutes. Missed a PK. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so this game that he played 90 minutes is this thing called Primeira Liga, mm -hmm. which is, let me see if I can explain that. It's it's sort of like a, a cup or a, like a mix of a league and a cup, but it's only between certain teams, some teams from the states of Rio and the southern states, and as well as Minas Gerais. So, so the whole idea behind this Primera Liga is that there has been a lot of talk in the past few years about the teams in Brazil coming up with, with their own league so they don't have to depend on the confederation anymore. You know, there's a lot of good that can come out of that, like, you know, the confederation is corrupt and they try to run everything, so the teams would be able to be more independent if they had their own league. So this Primera Liga, I believe this is the second year they're doing it, It's just sort of like a trial to see how the teams can organize a league of their own. Not all teams in Brazil accepted to do it, uh, especially the teams from the state of Sao Paulo, Corinthians, Palmeiras, Santos, Sao Paulo. They did not want to be part of it. 
it sort of became like a joke because nobody really cares. They started in the beginning of the year and now they had, I believe, the quarterfinals. And people even forgot about it. They were like, really? There's, we still have to play this thing? <laughs> so most of the biggest teams, like Flamengo, they didn't play with all their starters. So that gave a chance for Vinicius Jr. to play the whole game. Right. Uh, they played against a team that I believe in second or third division from Paraná. The game was tied, so it went to penalty kicks. And Vinicius Jr. was one of the two or three Flamengo players that missed the PK. And they're out of it, out of this league. So for Brazilian teams, would you say that this is probably the lowest competition that they would be in, in their minds? Probably, uh, especially because it's not a nationwide type of competition. Like I said, biggest teams in Sao Paulo are not in. Teams from the north, north, northeast are not in. It's just the south uh, plus Rio and Minas that decided to play it. It's, it's more like a, like a, a test Mm-hmm. I think people don't really care about it, but they wanted to see how the teams would be able to put a league together on their own without having to rely on the federation. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know how successful it is. I don't think it's it's working out well. Uh, I think that the idea was, was good, but from the point that no Sao Paulo team wanted to do it, it's already you know, sort of lost a lot just by not having the big Sao Paulo teams playing. But they're still doing it. Maybe it's good for the smaller teams that are playing. Sure. It's their chance to get a cup. Uh, but the big big teams really don't, don't really care. Right. So we'll see. Maybe we'll hear more about it. To be honest, I don't know much. <laughs> like I said, people even forgot this thing was happening. Yeah. All of a sudden this week was like, really? We have to play this? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a burden. <laughs> yeah. Maybe at some other point we can talk a little bit more about it. I'll do some research and have some better information if, if, we, if we should. Okay. All right, so moving on to our second player, Guilherme Arana. Yep. Unfortunately, there's not much to talk about. He's being, he's being injured. Mm-hmm. He was hurt in the game that Corinthians lost to Vitória, the first loss in 34 matches. He was hurt in the first half, I believe. And he hasn't played since. I think he's coming back soon, but not quite ready. So he did miss two matches the Corinthians played in the past couple of weeks. So not much to talk about him. I guess the only little thing I can say is that for the Brazilian national team, which we'll talk about more later, uh, Marcelo, mm-hmm. the left back, he got, he got his second yellow card. So he wouldn't be able to play that second match in the qualifiers. So Chichi had to call another left back. Perhaps if Guilherme Arana was healthy, maybe he would have been called. There were some speculations that he should be the one called if he was healthy. But being injured, he kind of lost that opportunity, which is a shame. Right. So maybe we'll see him in the Brazilian national team soon. But this time, it did not happen because he was hurt. All right. And our third player, Richarlison. Yeah. So obviously, he's at Watford. I think he's doing pretty well. Very first match, he came on as a substitute, but since then he's pretty much been starting. He's been playing well. He's one of those players that I think when you watch him, you can tell he's obviously running and and hustling for the ball and things like that. And I don't care what type of fan you are or what your skill level is as a player, fans react to that. Like mm-hmm. you, We want you to give 100%. Even if you're not the best player, he happens to be one of the really good players and giving 100%. Yeah. So we like seeing that. 
So he's played two matches. He played the EFL Cup and the and obviously in the EPL. Both of those full ninety. Yeah, he's he's been doing good. I, I really like what I see. So he's been playing very well this time in this past two matches. He did not score or had an assist, but people are happy with the way he's been playing. Yeah, he's getting a lot of touches on the ball. He's he's clearly involved in setting Showing up plays. Showing skills. And, yeah. So it's good. It's exciting to see him making in the EPL. Uh, I think the next next it's coming up where they're gonna play Manchester City so that's gonna be very interesting we'll talk about that in our next episode see how he did against Manchester City obviously that game should be on TV so we we will be able to actually watch him play the the full time hopefully yeah and then finally he also joined Twitter finally (laughs) so yeah he's on there Richarlison 97 I assume that's referring to his birth year which, i think so. <laughs> uh, i think so he's 20 years old so he was born in 97 wow, wow. I can, <laughs> like i i know albums that i bought in like 1997 yeah. you know cds cds <laughs> oh yeah that was um when i got my third eye blind cd oh which is yeah one of my favorites yeah yeah, yeah. so that oh. was 97. That's That was my junior year in high school. So. Mm-hmm. If I were a good soccer player, I could be on my way to becoming a professional at that point. But Right. Think about <laughs> it. 97, you would have been, you know, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Which is always scary to think that. I've always thought, you know, if I were a professional soccer player at this point, if I were not retired yet, I would be considered one of the old guys on the pitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I would always want to go out as like one of the like really good players, but like they retired early. Like uh-huh. a Cantona or like, so like my legends, legendary status can't be tainted because yeah. I only played my very best years. No, no. I, I, I would want to play until I'm like 50. <laughs> if I'm not hurting, if I'm still running around, I would be going. I don't care how how bad I'll be playing. I play in the second division somewhere. <laughs> sure, yeah. That that happens. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see. So let's move into the league, which we know Lucas likes to talk about because his team is usually in first this season. So usually and still. <laughs> oh good. So there there's one update already. <laughs> yeah. Well so um since we last talked there has only been one round, round twenty two. Right. Except for Corinthians, because they have one. They had one game to make up against Chapecoense from round twenty. So Corinthians did play two rounds, and now we are caught up with everybody else as far as our game plays. And that was because Chapecoense was doing their like the the tour. Right. right. They were they were in Europe. They played Barcelona, and then they went to Japan because I I don't know if you knew about this, but the winner of the Sulamericana mm-hmm. in South America, which is equi- equivalent to the Europa Cup plays the, I think, the Japanese league champion. <laughs> There's oh. this cup called Copa Suruga. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, in the middle of the season, they have to go all the way to Japan to play <laughs> this one game. Uh, unfortunately, Chapecoense did not win. Mm. But I guess they had a really good tour. I think they played Barcelona, and they, they played a practice match against Lyon, I want to say, one of those I French so. teams. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then they went on to Japan and played... That Copa Suruga they lost. They they got back to Brazil and and played that game that that was missing round twenty, and we'll talk about that in one second. But first, I just want to say this is what's it called the, the international break. Mm-hmm. Usually, the Brazilian league does not stop 
and this is one of the rare times that it actually did stop, which is good because, you know, the teams always complain because they have so many players that might be playing for their national team. Mm -hmm. And especially lately in the Brazilian league where we have so many uh, other South American players. So the teams do lose, even if you don't have the best Brazilian players to go to the Brazilian national team, a lot of teams end up losing a lot of other players to Ecuador, Colombia, Paraguay, you name it. So, for instance, Corinthians, we have two players that play for the Paraguay national mm-hmm. team, and we have two players that play for the Brazilian national team. So, mm-hmm. had it not stopped, we would have to play without four of our starters, which would suck. Right. So, it's a good thing, a rare thing, though, because usually the Brazilian league does not stop. I don't even know if they're going to stop in the next international break. We'll check on that. All right, so just a little update. Let's talk about Corinthians a little bit. So that makeup game from round 20, they did win over Chapecoense. Mm-hmm. The game was away. They won with a goal in the very last minute. Joe scored. Joe was very happy. <laughs> yes, he's been scoring a lot. Yeah. So it was just a little personal note. It was nice because I was in Brazil, and I got to watch that game with my dad. So mm-hmm. obviously on TV, but it was nice to be with my dad watching a game that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously I live here in the United States and my dad doesn't. <laughs> but we ordered pizza and we watched the game and there was a very late go and we were happy about that. Right. Yeah, no, I bet. <laughs> so you got to watch that game and then obviously there was another game. Did you? So you went to one. Yes. <laughs> there was a, ga- a game against the last place in the league, Atlético Goianiense, and that was Corinthians second loss. Oh. I cannot believe it. It was against the worst team in the league at home and they managed to lose. That was not even in your realm of consciousness. No. That that would happen. No. So, like you said, that that is the game I attended. Right. <laughs> I was in Sao Paulo, I went to the game and it was one of those games that I was sure it was going to be a sure win. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it did not happen. Since I went to that game, let me talk about a little bit of the experience, how it is to go to, to a game in Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. You have come to that stadium with me before we went for in the Olympics. Yeah, it's a very nice stadium. Very nice. Yeah, the Corinthians Stadium, yet to be named. <laughs> They're still looking for somebody for the naming rights and somebody willing to pay hundreds of millions of dollars. For... We, should, we should put our name on there. Oh, sure. Brazilian Soccer Podcast Stadium. Yeah. Or Brazilian Soccer Podcast Arena. <laughs> we'll, we'll think about that and make an offer. Right. <laughs> you know, the stadium, it's, it's sort of far away from downtown Sao Paulo. But the good thing is there's a metro and a train station right in front of the stadium. Mm-hmm. So it is very easy to get to. You do not have to drive. You do not have to park. So from anywhere in the city, you can just take the subway and go there. And it's, you know, maybe depending where you are from downtown, maybe 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah, it's very far away, but by, the, by train, it's not bad to get to at all. You, you know, it's, it's a bit different than going to a game here in the United States. So since you, when you're walking from the train station to the game, there's a lot of people selling beer, selling barbecue, anything you can imagine. <laughs> selling little horses. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of those. <laughs> so just so you know, the horses we talk about, uh, there is a Brazilian Sunday show that is like a news entertainment show and at the end they always show the goals from the Brazilian league and they have these little horses that represent each team so the the horse is wearing the team's jersey and colors 
and they speak with an accent from the city where the team is from. Right. The idea is a horse race. <laughs> right. So, and then they show at the end who's in front with so many points, whatever. So they got very popular in Brazil, those little horses. So you can buy a little stuffed animal horse on your way to the game wearing the Corinthians jersey so you can <laughs> play with it during the game yeah. whatever. check out our website brazilsoccerpot.com and we are posting one of the pictures I took in the stadium or Twitter or Instagram with the same handle Yeah. Uh, but anyways back to the game so yeah you guys to the game the stadium is very nice uh, I had excellent seats mm. just so you know the seats are probably the m- this the second most expensive seats you can buy, and I paid about fifty dollars, forty five, fifty dollars. So it's not bad, but I was right there, very nice seats, right on the pitch. You can again check photos and videos that we took. Check our uh, social media. And now back to the game. <sighs> yeah, Corinthians lost one zero, but it was one of those very strange games mm-hmm. where. Uh, Atlético Goianiense played with all their 11 players in their box, defending the whole time. They had one breakaway and they scored. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the match in the whole league of all the games played with a team that sh- had most shots on target. I think Corinthians had more than 30 shots on target oh, wow. and did not score once. That's so. crazy. Like, <laughs> but I feel those are always the frustrating days, right? When it's just like nothing is working today. No. And then they get one chance, and that goes in. They got one chance, they scored, and we had a million chances, and the ball would not go in. You know, it's it's good to mention that Joe was not playing. Mm-hmm. He got a yellow card against Chapecoense, so that was his third, which meant he was suspended. Right. And I have a feeling, I'm pretty sure, that he got that yellow card sort of on purpose, because he was like, yeah, the next game is against Guyaniense, they won't need me, so now it's a good time to be suspended. Well, <laughs> three points down the drain with right. that talk. So, so, yeah, it was amazing. Over 30 shots on goals, nothing was working. The ball did not go in, and Corinthians lost its second match. Right. It was interesting, the reaction from the fans. Nobody booed. We kept chanting as they would because they saw the team was trying, was mm-hmm. knocking on it, knocking on it. The ball would not go in. And because the team is doing so well, it's so far ahead in first place, nobody really cared that much. Right. I was upset because this was the second game that I went this year. I was in Brazil in March, and the game I went in March, they also lost. So maybe there's a lesson there. I should not go to their games anymore. (laughs) I'm not going to say that, but... (laughs) No, you know... I'm not that powerful, so I'll keep on going on the game. I don't think it's all my fault. If it happens one more time, though. (laughs) Okay, maybe. All right, so let's just talk a little bit about some important matches in the past, uh, on round 22, I guess. Palmeiras, gosh, so they played Sao Paulo. Which is a big derby, you know, two teams from the city of Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sao Paulo obviously have been not doing that great. And the streak continues. <laughs> uh, so this is obviously a big derby match. And they ended up losing again. So what was 4-2? 4-2. Palmeiras beat them. It was at Palmeiras, but still. I mean, 4-2 in a big match, big derby when you're fighting for your life. Not good. So now they are deeper into the relegation zone. Yeah. Let's just, let me just mention one thing that happened in that game that was sort of scary. Yeah, so Sao Paulo striker Lucas Prato. He got hit on the face 
with Hernanes, another Sao Paulo player, hit him by accident with hit. It was like a knee to the face. He was horrible. He passed out right away. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he was apparently like rolling his tongue. And he, one of those things that everyone is like yelling for the doctors to come in. And the doctors came in, put him in an ambulance and took him out right away to the hospital. Turns out he's okay. There was no brain damage or anything, but he, he's fine. But it was just very, a very scary moment for sure. So yeah, so we'll talk about the standings in a second, but Sao Paulo lost another one. Yeah. Another important match that I wanted to mention is that Grêmio, who is in second place, you know, sort of fighting with Corinthians. Right. Grêmio is the one that has the biggest chance to win, or there is such a right. chance. They also had to play a late game, and they played against Sport, and they beat them 5-0. It was like just an easy game. And with that win... The gap between Grêmio and Corinthians is now seven points. Gotcha. So it's it's so they're definitely, you know, trying to gain ground. I think so far Corinthians has done a good job of holding off. I feel like it's been you know between eight points, ten points, right. the gap. I think that the obviously the next few rounds will mm-hmm. be important, right? Because you don't want it to get to four. No, because Corinthians lost two of the last three matches. Mm-hmm. So it's you know there's a little yellow light coming on Corinthians right now, like. Be careful. Right. Make sure you keep winning points from now on. And the thing is, Grêmio, it's a very good team. For sure, they could make up ground and try to fight for the for the league. But the thing is, they are also playing the Libertadores, which is, most of the time, is a more important. It's like a Champions League, you know. You would right. rather win that than win the league. So, because of that, they have played some matches, especially if it's in the same week of a Libertadores game. They have played some matches with the reserve players mm-hmm. or they rest the best players and they lost several points by doing that. Mm-hmm. So that obviously plays in the Corinthians' favor. Yeah, so for Corinthians, we hope that they stay alive in the Libertadores. You know, the <laughs> deepest they go, the further they go in the Libertadores, the less they're going to care about the league. Right. So if they drop a few points in the league, it's good right. for Corinthians for sure. Staying alive, the Bee Gees. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's it. Let's just talk about the standings. And nothing really changed. No, the top, what, like six? I think there was literally like no change in positions among any of them. No. (laughs) I mean, if anything, they're consistent. (laughs) So obviously, Corinthians in first. Gremio, Santos. We have Palmeiras, Flamenco, Cruzeiro. That's your top six. Top six. And the top six are also important because those are the six teams that make it to the Libertadores next year. Mm -hmm. If you are top six in the league, you make it to the Libertadores. The top four go straight to group stage. Mm -hmm. And number five and six have to play a playoff game. Two playoff matches to make it to group stage. So even though there's a little bit of a, a gap at the top, it's still kind of interesting to see some of the games in between those, you know, sixth place, seventh place, eighth place, because they're all pretty close and they sure. want to be pushing to get into those those Libertadores, you know, spots. Some teams have given up in winning the league, the league because Corinthians pulled out so far ahead. So now the only thing they they're fighting for at the top is for a Libertadores spot. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about like number seven, Botafogo has 31 points, which is the same as number six, Cruzeiro. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe five and six spot. It, it's up for grabs. The top four, I'd say, is pretty set. Top three, definitely pretty set. But there's probably two or three spots that can still be fought for for, for the Libertadores. Right. 
On the flip side of that, obviously, if we move down to the bottom of the table. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So, gosh, in the relegation zone, we've, we've got Chapacuense there in 17th. Avai, they're uh, 18th. Sao Paulo, as we mentioned, they're sitting at 19th. And then, obviously, the, the last place. Atlético Goianiense with that amazing win against Corinthians <laughs> at home, at Corinthians' home. I know, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and they are so far in the bottom. They have 18 points now after that win versus 23 Sao Paulo, who are uh, right above them. Which, coincidentally, their goal difference is negative 18. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So it's just not, it's not looking good for them. I mean, they basically, anytime you concede twice as many goals as you score, <laughs> that's an issue. They've also sc- only scored 18 goals. Yeah. <laughs> well, the happiest day was definitely the, one, the day they beat Corinthians. Oh, for they won the title <laughs> that day. Like it's, That was it. It's like, <laughs> now they're... They just play for fun. They're we may get, get relegated, but we beat the champions. <laughs> they got you know? relegated anyways, <laughs> but they beat the champions at home. Right. <laughs> uh, that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So then the top scores. Not much changed there either. No. So let's see. Joe, Team Ricky Dorado, 12 also. Luca, he's sitting on 10. Uh, and then Andre on 9. It's, it's, it's not a lot has changed. No, yeah. Joe, Joe and Henrique Dorado are definitely the ones fighting for that top spot. Just as a reminder, Corinthians has never had a top scorer in the Brazilian league at the end, ever. Oh. So Joe That's really wants to do that, yeah. I mean, even though Corinthians has won the league six times, never had a top scorer. Wow, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Uh, so maybe this is his year he gets the golden boot. He might. He, I mean, he was a, a, a bat that Corinthians made in the beginning of the season. Nobody thought he would play well again. Right. And now he's happy. He's scoring goals so, and helping the team possibly become the champion. So it's, it's, it's going well. All right. So that's it for the Brazilian League for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, our ne- we should have more to talk about in our next episodes because there will be more matches and some good matches coming up we'll talk about that in a second so our next segment is about some brazilian players around the world yep so not a whole lot in terms of movement um but there has been a lot just in terms of drama (laughs) yeah so we've been watching the coutinho drama right sure so just to give everyone, if you're a soccer fan, you probably know to a degree, but obviously Neymar left Barcelona and moved to PSG in a world record transfer, and that then meant that Barcelona had a hole to fill, a large hole to fill, and they were trying to get Coutinho as one of those players. They did buy uh, Dembele from Dortmund, so they, they bought him. For and a ridiculous amount of money. It was a ridiculous amount because I believe, I think it was like 130 something. Literally the year before, he was bought, I believe, for 15. <laughs> so the, the, why wouldn't Dort, I mean, I'm sure Dortmund didn't want to sell, but at the same time, if you're handing me a check for that much money, she'll sell anybody. I'll, you know, I can try to find another player. Uh-huh. Anyway, so back to the Coutinho thing. Basically, there was a lot of talk. I got the vibe that he definitely wanted to go to Barcelona. There were a lot of issues with that. Obviously, Liverpool felt, and they always had the stance of, he's not for sale. We're not even going to entertain this this idea. And then finally, the transfer window for the EPL closed, but La Liga had another day. So some people were speculating, oh, well, 
maybe they're just saying that so that way other teams don't try to come in and say, well, you're getting this Coutinho money. You should pay us all this money. Mm. Instead, it's like, well, let's wait, close our deals up, which they did buy. They got some players in. They obviously got Oxley chamberlain from Arsenal, that sort of thing. They got uh, Keita. He won't be joining until next year. So they did get some deals in. The window shut, and Barcelona did not get their man. No. So then the issue is, right, because now we're moving into international break, and Coutinho's called up. And so people are obviously wondering, because he has not played for Liverpool. No, he claimed he had some back problems and he could not play. I didn't see any issues while he was with Brazil. No, we'll talk about that (laughs) in a minute. But yeah, he played for Brazil and he was just fine. (laughs) So there's a lot of talk that he was actually very upset, kind of heartbroken, because he really wanted the move. And let's be honest here, Liverpool is a very big club and they obviously had a lot of success in the past. At the end of the day, though, when a team like a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, even a Manchester United, if you're at the very top of yeah. the pile, soccer players have shut such a short uh, time to play in, right? I mean, we're talking, you know, 31, 32, 33, you're, you're yeah. old. Yeah. You want this move. You want to be able to do this. Unfortunately, one of the issues, right, is he signed a new contract last year, so that didn't help. I think the issue now is going forward, how will he then play for Liverpool going forward? Because he clearly wanted the move. He didn't get it. Will he sulk? Will he pout? I doubt it. He is far too long on his contract. It's not quite the same situation as like a Alexis Sanchez where his contract's up next year. Coutinho can't, be a, can't throw a hissy fit for four years. No, but I bet he'll be trying to move again in the next transfer window. But What if Barcelona doesn't come back, though? I saw an interview with Neymar. It was very interesting. He was asked about Coutinho. It was like, what, what do you think about what's happening with Coutinho? And Neymar said something to, to the effect like, well, you know, I've been talking to him, and it's a very difficult time for him and his family. They're very upset. They're going through some bad times, basically. Like, the way he, the things he said was to the fact that they're going to some bad times because Coutinho really want to go and there's nothing he can do to go. And I mean, think about it. Who wouldn't want to go play with Messi, <laughs> you know? So there, here's Barcelona, almighty Barcelona, and they just lost Neymar and you have the chance of your life to go replace Neymar. He would definitely play in the same position with Messi, w- with Suarez, in a team that it's fighting, you know, that, that has a chance for a Champions League, and it's Barcelona. I mean, I think what Liverpool did, did it's not smart in any way. I, I, I don't get it. Why would they not let him go? It's interesting because on one hand, I do understand on their end, right, I want to keep my best players. However, me, if I am the manager of any team, I want to keep the best players who want to be here. Exactly. On the flip side of that, if I am not the manager, but let's say the sporting director, if you're writing me a check for $100 million plus for yeah. Coutinho, I will personally fly over to get the check. Like, yeah. it's, there's, to me, there's no question. I would have sold him, to be quite honest. Um, I think you run the risk of, obviously, now, you, we know that he doesn't want to be there. So now next year, if we try to sell him, if I'm Barcelona, I'm not going to go back in with the same money. Yeah. You know, I know he doesn't want to be there. Right. It's one less year on his contract. Come on, we can make a deal. So I feel like they kind of lost uh, some steps. And we'll see. If he comes back into the team and he's scoring goals like we know he can, 
then they might feel we made the right decision. No, he will because you know again it's it's a world in a World Cup year. Mm-hmm. So he wants to play. He wants to play well because he wants to make sure he's going to be in the Brazilian squad for the World Cup. Correct. So maybe that's something that Liverpool had, you know, oh that's in their favor. On, on their favor be like I don't care how unhappy you are. I know you're not going to not play well on purpose because right, you want to make it to that Brazilian squad. Right. Some people were comparing it to Alexis Sanchez, and I always said it's it's not quite the same thing because, let's be honest here, Alexis Sanchez, he doesn't have to kick a ball again until July of next year. He will be playing for Chile. Right. That's not quite the same no, no. in this Coutinho situation. There's a lot of more comp- competition in the Far Brazilian more. squad. Yeah. So you talk about Barcelona's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Let's be honest here. This World Cup... If things don't go right, you don't want to wait around for another, you know, four or five years from now. Yeah. With the hopes of, I think he's already 25. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for him. I, I think I understand what that mindset would be, but he's going to have to get his head down and, and move on. Yeah, he'll have to play. There's nothing else to do now. It's just interesting because I've always heard, especially in Brazilian teams, the team's managers always say, if the player don't want to stay, they will go. There's nothing we can do. But Liverpool really played hard. They were like, you're not going, you're not going. I don't care. I think Barcelona offered, what, 120, 130? And they, there, yeah. they turned it down. With rumors that they offered 200 that's on ridiculous. the last day. No, that's... You know, that, that Liverpool said, we'll sell him for 200 on the last day. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what Liverpool wanted. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, like, okay. Yeah. Sorry, but come on. Yeah. No, I, I think the... Look. He'll get it together. It's going to take some time. I, too, would throw a hissy fit. Um, I, just for um, transparency, I'm an only child, so I like things my way. <laughs> and so if I didn't get this move to the team that I wanted to play for, because chances are, he, if, you know, where he grew up, he probably didn't grow up wanting to play for Liverpool as, like, his end-all, be-all club. Right. Of course not. Yeah, so, Liverpool has great tradition, great yes, history, whatever. Course, but in England. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, if you were an English player or kid, sure, you can grow up, you want to be Steven Gerrard. That's probably not quite the same if you're Brazilian. No. I mean, Barcelona, Real Madrid, (laughs) that's where everyone wants to be. Right. So, we'll see. We'll keep you posted, obviously, on how he plays going forward, what his attitude is kind of with with Liverpool. Obviously, you know, we see that he's healthy, so Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see if he plays the next game or not. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep watching, and that's something that will be interesting to follow because he's not happy being there, but he needs to play well if he wants to stay in the Brazilian national team. Right. He's got to sing for his supper, Yeah, basically. <laughs> All um, right, and now we'll talk about the Brazilian national team. <laughs> sure. And we'll talk about Coutinho again in one minute. For the first time since we started our podcast, there have been two games for the South American qualifying, mm-hmm. World Cup qualifying. Obviously, Brazil is already there, so it didn't really matter what happened in those two games. There are two more games, and there's some friendly before friendlies before the World Cup, and he's going to be using those games to improve the team and test some players. Uh, but the first game was in Brazil, in Porto Alegre, and Brazil beat Ecuador 2-0. Mm-hmm. And that was the ninth straight win under Chichi in the qualifying. Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, it's completely turned around. A hundred percent. Nine games, nine wins. And mind you, there were six games before Chichi took over. And at that point, I think Brazil was in fifth or sixth place. Mm-hmm. 
people were really worried that Brazil would not make it mm-hmm. after six matches in the qualifiers. That what that's why Dunga lost his jobs and they brought in Chichi. Right. Well, now that's history. Brazil, it's. I don't remember it. <laughs> nobody remembers that, and Brazil's first place guaranteed. Not that it matters being first place or second or third, but their first place going to, going on to the World Cup. So back to the game, Brazil 2, Ecuador 0. Paulinho and Coutinho scored. So imagine mm-hmm. that, Brandon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the first half, Brazil, the game was kind of slow. Brazil wasn't playing too well. Yeah. So Chichi put Coutinho in in, uh, in place of Renato Augusto in the second half, and everything changed. Yeah. Oh, my God, did he want to play. He played really well. Paulinho scored the first, and Coutinho scored a beautiful second goal. It was very nice. Very nice. Very nice goal. Yeah. So, do you uh, want to tell us how Gabriel, it <laughs> Gabriel Jesus was in the part of the build-up, but um, it was uh, just one of those goals that's like you literally watch it 20 times in a row. We'll post that on our website, yeah. brazilsoccerpod.com. We'll post a, a YouTube link because you want to see it. Uh, basically, Coutinho carries the ball outside the box. He has this beautiful sort of, I think it's called like a rainbow pass to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he just... Like, he clears over the defender and passes with his head back to Coutinho, who just shoots it. Yep, one time. One time. Into the goal, yep. It was nice. Yeah, definitely go to our website, brazilsoccerpod.com, and we'll, we'll have a, a video of that goal. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, not that it was bad, but I, I didn't think Neymar played that great. Yeah, he was playing so well for PSG, but for some reason in that game with the Brazilian national team, he didn't do too well. I mean, he did it wasn't bad. Right. But but it wasn't to the same like Neymar standard. Right, what to. you expect, right. all those plays and the ball going through him all the time. No, especially it feels like when he puts on a Brazil shirt, it almost kind of it's like a Superman cape almost. Like right. it feels like when he plays for Brazil, like he is playing. And, and I was surprised because we talked about this in our last episode about how Neymar is playing for PSG now, right? And I even mentioned that he's playing a lot more how he plays for the national team. Mm-hmm. He has the same freedom. He floats around just like what he does for the national team is what he's doing for PSG now and what he did not do for with Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, going back to the national team, he would play the same way and, and play really well. But I guess Ecuador, not so much. Right. And then the second game for the qualifying was against Colombia in Colombia. Yeah. And um, that was the first time... Chichi did not win. <laughs> right. First time, first time for everything. First time for everything. So, But the game was 1-1, so Brazil didn't lose either. Yeah. Uh, Neymar did play better in that game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like amazing, like sometimes well, we're used to seeing him playing, but he played much better. Yeah. He definitely helped a lot more. Yeah, that one ended 1-1. It was a fine match. Nothing... It, yeah, it was... It was so the, the game was in... Barranquilla, mm-hmm. which is like in the Colombian Caribbean, like northern seashore of Colombia, which apparently it's a very hot, humid place. It was 100 degrees. So you could tell that the players were like, on both sides, Colombians and Brazilians were like really struggling to run. They did have that uh, hydration stops in both mm-hmm. halves. So maybe that took away... F- some of the technical aspects of the game. Sure. 
because you could tell, especially like towards the end of the second half. I mean, that yeah. was it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody could like run anymore. Yeah. So at that point it was one one, and you know both teams were happy with that result. You know, Colombia was like, you know what, we get a point. Right. They're sitting second place now in the qualifying, so they're okay. They're pretty set to make it. Right. So that was it. Was an okay game. The most interesting part of the game was the dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dog. Oh, dogs. I love those South American games when a dog <laughs> gets, on, gets on the pitch yep. and runs around and no one runs can around, catch it. Runs around like you're trying to catch it. It's just... Yeah. All the players running around the dog and he's, you know, obviously having the time of his life. Right. It's like, did someone bring this dog? Did this dog just, like, does he live here? Like... I have no idea how that happens. You think it's pretty hard to get into a stadium, right? You would think you would see a dog, yeah. like, going through the turnstiles, yeah. you know, trying to... Going through the fences, yeah. and then before he gets to the pitch. Yeah. But he was running around. It was a funny moment. Uh, the commentators on TV were trying to figure out if it was a male or a female dog. <laughs> <laughs> there were some anatomically difficult ways to figure it out. Right. <laughs> I think the, at the end, they, they think it's a male dog. Okay, yeah. But someone did catch him, and they were very nice. They were yes. patting him, took him out of the pitch, patting him. But right. I think that the players were happy that they could, like, stop and breathe a little a bit break, because yeah. it was so hot. <laughs> Maybe it was intentional. Yeah. Well, a little fun fact. Okay. Chichi has been play, has been Brazilian national coach since round seven in the qualifiers. All the points he has won, even if you take those six games that he wasn't, part, he wasn't the Brazilian coach, Brazil would still be number one. Oh, wow. Even if with six games less than everybody else. Wow. Because, you know, they were nine wins and one tie. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So Brazil would have 28 points, and I think Colombia has 27, second place. Wow, that's crazy. What Chichi did for the Brazilian national team is amazing. Uh, I'm very excited to keep watching it because I think, you know, the next World Cup is very, very promising. Yeah. No, I, I think it will be. It'll definitely be... There's lots of buildup and like lots of pressure mm-hmm. to kind of see how everybody does. And I think Brazil is definitely like top of the heap in terms of one of the favorites to win. Yeah, I think, you know, Brazil, France and Germany are like much better than everybody else. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, there are two more games. There are two games left in the South American qualifiers. Yep. And those games will be played in October. Yeah, October 5th and 10th. Right. And um, so in our next episode, we'll talk about who uh, Chichi already called for those games. He's doing that in the next week. So we'll have yeah. to we'll have some names to, to discuss and talk about. Do you think there'll be any surprises since this is the last? You know, initially I thought Chichi would do some tests. Mm-hmm. But I kind of forgot Chichi is not much of a guy who make, you know, many tests. He, mm-hmm. I think he'll just keep the base players and he wants to get time on the pitch for those players because any minute now it's important to improve as a team for the for the world cup it's, it's interesting you said that just loop this in with matches we've been to i went to the psg game against toulouse when i was in france and uh it was very interesting to watch 
uh, the match. First of all, very high security. <laughs> it was like, you know, they asked for your ID, um, all of this. And I'm like, you know, here's the ticket. I didn't know you need my ID. And I was hoping my little Washington, D.C. ID would work. It did. Uh, so lots of security. Um, and then you get there. There is, obviously, it's very loud. The crowd is cheering. And they obviously have, you know, their ultra supporters. And they are nonstop for the full 90 minutes. And I believe that was the first game that the Ultras were back because they were banned last season, weren't they? Yeah, and this also happened to be Neymar's home debut. Neymar's home debut, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a very buzzy, electric atmosphere. It's interesting we're talking about the team aspect because I was very curious to see you know, kind of what the players are doing. I had my eye on him the whole time during warm-ups. He's obviously warming up, warming up with Danny Alves. Mm -hmm. Go figure. They're stretching together. They're doing, I mean, they're basically two peas in a pod. <laughs> and it makes sense, right? I mean, there's even, obviously, you know, there was all the talk about Danny Alves not going to Manchester City. And, you know, come to find out later on, it was Neymar who said, hey, go to Go to PSG. PSG. I'll right. see you there in a couple of weeks. <laughs> right. This is obviously before the Neymar transfer was finalized. But, yeah. so it's, it's, it was very interesting to watch. And I think you see that level of bonding you see that with Chiche's team. Yeah. And it's very interesting. Neymar played great. They completely yes. battered Toulouse. I think he had, ugh, I forget how many goals. It was two goals. Two goals. I think two, two goals and two assists. assists something like and that. And I think yeah. he won the penalty. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, I, I, I saw that he was the man of the match. And, yeah. you know, some sites give, like, scores. And his score was, like, 9.8 out of 10. Yeah. I did watch that game. We were texting because Brandon was in the stadium mm -hmm. and I was watching on TV. I was in Brazil at the time watching on TV and Neymar killed it. Yeah. If, you have, if you didn't watch that game, search on YouTube, see if you can find the highlights because it was amazing. And it was, also keep in mind, for a large portion of the match, they were down to 10 men. Like they yeah. had a player sent off. So yeah. they didn't miss a beat. It was, it was really good. But the thing I took away from it was, it's very interesting to watch uh, the, the bond and and how close him and Danny Alves are right and you can totally see how that carries through from off the pitch to on the pitch mm -hmm. and you know they'll be together in the Brazilian national team if if they're healthy if there are no injuries they'll definitely be in the World Cup right together right Brendan made a recording uh, during the game so we're gonna play it right now how amazing the the crowd was chanting Neymar's name you like the experience to, to attending a PSG game? Yeah, it was easy. The I find the Paris Metro to be pretty easy. So it was very easy to get to. Obviously, you follow the crowd. Um, <laughs> follow the, the jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there was lots of jerseys. Even uh, when I was there on the Champs-Élysées, before the game that day, I was walking around and there's a PSG store there. And it was like lines out the door. I'll post a picture of it. I think I put it on Twitter, but I'll put it in the show notes. But lines outside the door. Literally like five, six stores down at the Nike store, there's no lines. <laughs> like everyone was there to buy a Neymar jersey oh, yeah. because they were going to the game that night. Wow. It was crazy. 
So it was, it was a lot of fun. Cool stadium. Really good atmosphere. I like that they had like a section for like disabled fans. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool because you don't always see that at every stadium. So everyone can watch. I like that. Um, it was a good time. So did you, were you like eating a baguette with cheese and a glass of wine while you watched the game? <laughs> no, I <laughs> try to think, what did I have? I think I had a hot dog and oh, a Sprite. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so American of you. <laughs> but that's what they, like that's what they sold at the, uh, they didn't have at the I mean, maybe they did. But I mean, Some wine. <laughs> it was like Coke products and like hot dogs yeah. and like I went to a, cheese fries. I went to a Celtic game in Scotland a few months ago and it was kind of cool. They had like this typical Scottish drink. Mm-hmm. There was some like some, I don't know, it was like chicken stocking soup hot drink kind of thing. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've, <laughs> I think I've had that in England before. Yeah, it's almost it, like a gravy. Yeah, like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, basically people are drinking gravy. Yeah. <laughs> and they also had like a meat pies, which was good. I had a meat pie. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that at, at the Celtic Stadium, they, they did have some typical uh, Scottish food. And stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always interesting when you go to the stadiums and kind of see what they offer up. Yeah. So I had um, at the Corinthians game that I went to, I had a chocolate milkshake oh. and a cheeseburger. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right. Good. Yeah, that's nice. In Brazil, they're not allowed to sell alcohol in the stadium. So they have an alcohol-free beer, if you like that. Sure. I don't know what's the point. That but, seems, yeah, yeah, redundant. Why even do it? Yeah. So we've got, obviously, um, we just mentioned we have the two more rounds of South America. Keep an eye on Argentina because I think they are... Fifth, fifth place right now. So the f- the top four in the qualifiers go through go to the World Cup, and fifth place will have to play against New Zealand. Right. Uh, home and away mat- playoff match. Right. You know it's not that hard. So sure. Fifth place should be should make it. Right. I think sixth and seventh place they're not that far behind. So they are, and I think Argentina has twenty. I think they have twenty four points. Chile has twenty three. Yeah. And then I think. Paraguay, Paraguay, I think it's next with like 21. So it's right. very close. Yeah, and Argentina tied with Venezuela at home. Mm-hmm. 1-1. They had to come from behind to tie the match, which is amazing because Venezuela is usually the worst team in South America. <laughs> right. And they went to Argentina and was able to get a point. So I don't know what's happening. Maybe they're just nervous and not playing well. Messi, it's playing, but he's not able to do it himself you know yeah it's but think about it that's but they have aguero like they have they have aguero they have Di maria they have Messi, they have mascherano they they're not a bad team in paper i don't know what's happening no yeah they 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 tied venezuela well in the beginning they had bad coaching they had they changed coaches three or four times during Mm -hmm. the qualifiers but now they have sampoli which is an excellent coach Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and still he hasn't found the right team he hasn't been able to make them play well this is a Brazilian soccer podcast, but when it comes to Brazilian soccer, we should talk about Argentina too, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because Brazilians don't like Argentina and vice versa. It's such a rivalry that it's, it's, we'll definitely keep an eye and we'll let you know in October after these final two matches if what happened. That would Argentina. be a big upset. Well, as a Brazilian, um, as much as I don't like the Argentine team, just because of soccer rivalry, of course... I, I, wanted, I want them to make it because, you know, it would be funny if they don't make it. I'll be able to laugh at them and play jokes, whatever. But, you know, it's Argentina. You want to see Messi in a World Cup. You don't want them not to make it. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. Yep, on the spot. Mm. So you get to pick one. 
Sao Paulo gets relegated or Argentina doesn't make the World Cup? Oh, Sao Paulo relegated for okay. sure. Done. You heard you okay. <laughs> Lucas's wish. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, Argentina can make it. I don't care. But Sao Paulo relegated <laughs> would be much nicer to watch. <laughs> okay, cool. That's about it for our podcast. Just a couple of things to watch in the next two weeks. Things mm-hmm. that we will be talking about in our next episode. Yep. There will be a derby, Santos versus Corinthians at Santos. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's time for Corinthians to get a win after losing two matches in three games. So it's going to be a very tough game. So if Corinthians gets a win, it's going to be great, especially because Santos comes in third place in the league too. So Yeah, and they don't concede a lot of goals either. I think, no. I think they have the second best defense after Corinthians. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a fight between the two best defenses. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting because if Corinthians win, it pulls away three points away from Santos, and that probably will be it in the Brazilian league for Santos. Yeah, Santos that... is still is in the Libertadores, but being that far behind first place, I think that's it. Yeah, that would I think that would lock up at least in terms of you not dropping further than second. No, yeah. Then after that point, it would be Corinthians and Grêmio for it, and right. we'll see. But it would be a very good match. And we'll we'll talk about it in our next episode. Yep. At the other end of the table, obviously, there's another big match. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big of a match, considering, but... I mean, it's, it's big in the sense that, obviously, Sao Paulo is trying to get out of the relegation zone. Right. So they'll be playing Vitoria. So that's something to keep an eye on, because they they desperately need points. They do. And Vitoria... So does Vitoria, because they're sitting 16th right now with 25 points. Mm-hmm. And Sao Paulo's 19th with 23. Right. So if Sao Paulo wins, they pass Vitoria, they have a chance of getting out of the relegation zone. Right. But if they lose, man, <laughs> they're going to get dig themselves deeper and deeper. <laughs> so outside of that, then obviously we'll stay tuned with the national team call-ups. We'll obviously bring those to you guys. Uh, okay, so check us out on social media, Brazil Soccer Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We love to hear from you guys, chat. We obviously love conversations about soccer, clearly. And um, yeah, we'll be there. So you can go to our website also, brazilsoccerpod.com, get any show notes, pictures, things like that. Also, we have a fantasy league. Join our fantasy league. See how many Brazilians you can stack in your team. There's quite a few playing in the EPL this year. Yeah. Okay, so it should not... Luke's team is full of Brazilians. And all I did was stack my team with Brazilians, and guess what? I'm first place in the league. <laughs> <laughs> For now, yes, he is in first place. Um, so, yeah, so go ahead and check that out. You, we'll put, obviously, the details for that on the website, and you can also find it on our Twitter. And then, you know... Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher. Subscribe. And yeah, we'll be back again for another episode. All right, guys. Hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Brazilian Soccer Podcast presented by Soccer Expeditions. Visit SoccerExpeditions.com to learn more about amazing soccer-centric vacations. That's SoccerExpeditions.com. Hey, Lucas, we're not done. What's up? We have some people we have to thank. Oh, that's right. We have some special thanks to some people. Uh, Giuliani Anarelli for our music. Matt Raymond for designing our logo. And Richard Tenenbaum for voiceovers. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks.